Please join me for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's been very difficult this week to get my arms around this message. I don't know if it has to do with just general fatigue of the brain and a tension that seems to kind of make the shoulders sag and the brain go kind of brain dead, or maybe it's the renewed numbers of COVID-19, maybe it's just uh, being a little more measured with my words these days and not wanting to say something offensive. So this sermon comes out of about three rewrites. This isn't the first time I've I've, I've, I've done this one. I, I, I wrote it earlier in the week. I wrote it yesterday and this morning. It just didn't sound right either. So what do we do when we're somewhat confused, when we're struggling, when we're tired? Where, where do you go and, and, and what do you do? We pray. We take it to the Lord in prayer. And when we pray, we we watch out because God's going to do something when we pray. At least His Word is full of instances where when His people prayed, God responded. He will calm a storm. He will heal a body. He will change a trajectory of an entire movement. God will act when people pray. In our text from Acts chapter 10, the Lord through Peter and Cornelius changed the trajectory of his entire movement. Instead of being an inward focus group to converting Jewish people to Jesus Christ, the whole piece of Christianity was turned from inward to outward. As two men who were as different as night and day prayed, first Peter prays, in Acts chapter 10, Peter is praying and he sees a vision of food on a sheet and the, the food comes down and it's filled with stuff that a Jewish person would never touch or eat. And the Lord said, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And Peter must have thought, you've got to be kidding. No self-respecting Jewish person would touch any of this stuff. I'm first going to get sick and then I'm done with this. The vision Peter had when he was praying went against everything that he had been raised with, everything that went against his common sense and his religious upbringing. It went against who he was as a person outside of Jesus Christ. So Peter prayed. And as Peter was praying, a, a man in Caesarea named Cornelius was praying as well. Cornelius was a righteous man who the scripture says helped the poor in, in a notable way. Cornelius is in prayer. And he had a dream. And the dream said there's a guy in Joppa named Peter staying with Simon the Tanner. Go get him and bring him here to you. And so Cornelius sends for Peter Two men from diverse religious backgrounds, one a Roman, the other a Jew. Two men who had different religious understandings, yet when brought together in prayer and in community, completely changed the trajectory of the Christian movement so that now the movement is focused on all people groups and all individuals, hearts being warmed by 
prayer. And two men meeting one another for the first time as brothers because they had prayed for one another in the name of the Lord. It seems to me like it's the time to pray. Maybe part of that is that we have the inclination as Christians. One of the first things we do is close our eyes and bow our heads and pray. When we're not sure what to do, we take it to the Lord in prayer. And with that, we have a pathway to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like we're talking to a friend or a father. In our gospel reading this morning from Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches his followers to pray. His focus is not on the number of eloquences of the words or the public nature of the prayers or what other people think about the prayers. Rather, it matters to whom we pray and in whose name. Let our prayers go up in the name of Jesus who called us to be his children and to speak to him as children speak to a loving Father. Our Father who art in heaven, Jesus starts. Jesus knew how to pray. It was his thing. The scriptures record over and over again. Jesus prayed when he broke bread. He prayed in the last part of John's gospel for his disciples and all people. He prayed from the cross and in our redemption. He calls us like he himself was to be people of prayer. Jesus who loves us dearly calls us to pray consistently. It's what we do because it's who we are. But as we pray, we better watch out because the Lord moves when his people pray. And he uses prayer to soften hearts and and, and soften inclinations, to to tear down walls and, and fences and to build bridges. Scripture says where people pray for one another, they find a commonality. It certainly happened here in Acts chapter 10 for Peter and Cornelius. For having prayed apart when they met together, they were like old, old friends. So how you doing? How are you hanging on? With the renewed use of masks and a renewed kind of feverish pitch this week in the world, how are you hanging on? Because hanging out ain't necessarily the thing to do. So as we hang on, we pray. One of the privileges of a pastor in a congregation is to help teach his people to pray. And I love that part. I've always kind of enjoyed that part of pastoral ministry. Whether it's teaching a leadership class and and the gentlemen look at me in that leadership class as they have on Monday nights this last fall and they said, I don't pray in public. And I said, well, if you're going to be a part of this class, you're going to learn I remember teaching students to pray as a youth pastor. I remember a night sitting on a ski boat up in the Sacramento River Delta praying. And different churches and different people pray in different ways. Some of the people up there came from a more Pentecostal background and when they started to pray, they got loud and they got long. And I remember my student leaders looking at me and saying, 
Man, that's a long prayer, Pastor. Lutherans don't pray that way. And I said, yeah, we are. Different strokes for different folks. When we pray, we pray in three different ways, don't we? Sometimes we pray out loud. Those words of Matthew chapter 6, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I remember meeting with a national speaker who said to me, he said, you Lutherans know how to pray that Lord's Prayer. He said, my children grew up in the church and they didn't even know how to pray it. My wife and I had to sit and teach them to pray the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes our prayers are verbal, sometimes out loud. Sometimes the words come easy and they flow right out of our heart and our mind. And we can pray for this and that and this and that and this person and that person. We lift up all of our lives, all of the things that are of our consciousness. We lift them up and, and we pray out loud, sometimes together and sometimes alone. And then we watch for the Lord to work on our hearts and to move things in our lives when we pray out loud. And then, as my children used to say sometimes, they say, Dad, we're just going to pray to ourselves right now. And there's a little bit of humor in that because you get that. But sometimes we pray quietly in our hearts. Before I fall asleep, I pray that way. There's things that go through my mind's eye of the day. There's faces and situations. There's, there's words that come back into my mind. There's conversations. There's opportunities to pray quietly before I go to sleep, tucked in my bed, to pray for you, to pray for healing for people, to pray for peace in our land. Not a lot of words, not perfect syntax. It's usually a stream of consciousness, but it's a way in which we pray. For out of the heart comes thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. Out of our hearts come all the petitions that are both conscious and subconscious. Sometimes a thought will come out and I'll think, holy smokes, where did that come from? Sometimes I'm amazed when my eyes are closed and I'm quiet at what comes to my heart and my mind. Sometimes when we pray quietly and we meditate, God has a marvelous way of speaking his words of grace, of affirmation, of love and forgiveness to our hearts and then we watch and we wait and see what the Lord will do after he gives us a peaceful rest what will he do as we move on into the next day there's one more way of praying that, that and maybe you've thought about this and maybe you haven't but from Romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27 these words in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Sometimes we can't articulate those words that need to be prayed. And sometimes we can't even think the words that need to be prayed. And so there are groans, the Spirit says, through St. Paul. There is that prayer that comes before the throne of God. 
that comes in our silence as the Spirit who knows us inside and out brings our cause and our case before the Father in heaven. It seems to me over the last month in, in, in the life of Christians nationwide, this kind of prayers maybe the most. Sometimes it's okay to be still and trust that the Lord Jesus and His Spirit are interceding for us. Where we are confused, where we are lost, where we are struggling, where we are angry, where we can't have what we want when we want it, the Spirit intercedes in our behalf. Confessing our sins, receiving forgiveness, Lifting up those needs we can't see, feel, or articulate. Those prayers may be the prayers that have been prayed on our behalf before the throne of the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's easy to pray. Sometimes it's difficult to pray. And sometimes we can't pray at all. And in all those cases, the Lord finds a way to bring our needs, our prayers to the throne of the Father. And now, are you, are you ready? Because prayer leads to action. If you pray, you need to be ready to move. If you pray, you need to be ready for God to move. If you're going to pray and say, Lord, move me, then you better get up and get ready to move. Peter was ready to move because he'd been moved by prayer. So when Cornelius' representative knocked at Peter's door, Peter said, you're right, I'll go, and I'm taking you and you and you and you, and we're out of here. We're going to Caesarea, a beautiful town on the Mediterranean, a Roman port, a place kind of like San Diego, maybe, beautiful and sunny. The knock on the door came, and Peter said, let's go. He went from Joppa to Caesarea, and when the two men, Cornelius and Peter, met face to face, it was like they'd spoken all. Cornelius meets him and falls to his knees. Peter says, get up, I'm just a guy, just like you. The conversation that started in prayer ended up with the gospel being shared. The whole piece, Peter stands up. Peter only knows one story, the story of Jesus. And so Acts chapter 10 records that Peter shares the whole story of Jesus. Jesus on the cross, Jesus risen from the dead, Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus giving the mission to his disciples and his church to go into the world. And it records that the people in Cornelius' home were led to faith and they were baptized into Christ. And then Peter stayed for a few days. And I wonder what they had to eat. Seafood and things that Jewish people wouldn't touch. I wonder what changed in Cornelius' heart that day and in Peter's heart as well. As two men from diverse backgrounds prayed for one another, they were brought into a relationship of friendship through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Because if you're going to pray, then you need to be ready to move. You need to be ready for the knock on the door that says, I'm here, I'm here from the Lord, 
and I'm here to visit B with you. And the other side of that is true as well. Perhaps God is calling us in prayer to knock on the door and see a warm face and say to them, I've been praying for you and I know you're praying for me. And I'm here for you in the name of Jesus. As we pray, we pray out loud, we pray in our hearts, we pray with the groans that come from the Spirit. But it's prayer that readies our hearts for action. It's prayer that when the Spirit moves, He's already prepared the hearts, the motivation, and the inclination. That's what happens when we pray for and love one another. And the words of the Lord, the words of Peter become so real for us then. I now know how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts people from every nation who fear him and do what is right. As you hold on and you persist in, as you devote yourself to through this time of sickness and unrest, maybe let go a little bit Bring the hands together, bow the head, close the eyes, and go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.